0: What is a solopreneur, you might ask? A solopreneur is a new breed of solar pro that is willing to do whatever it takes to achieve mastery, and you are about to become one. Okay, what's going on, solopreneurs? We are back with another show, and we've got a legend in the door-to-door industry. He's written multiple books now, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. We've got the one, the only, Lenny Gray, so thanks for coming on the show with us today, Lenny.
1: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Taylor.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. And we were talking just um, before the recording here how I just finished your uh, new book that came out. And um, I've been posting just little, like, you know, highlights of it on my Instagram every few days. And it's crazy. We've been getting just message after message. What is that book? I've never seen a book like that. What is that book? So sent off probably 50 messages and um, should have put it in the title because I kind of got sick of sending out the same message. It's the okay. next door-to-door, more door-to-door millionaire. Um, yeah. But yeah, so people loved it. So congrats on the book, Lenny. It's huge accomplishment writing a book like that. So
1: No, thank you. I appreciate it. So, I uh, it's kind of funny when I wrote the first one, it was really to kind of get out of the door to door sales industry. I was kind of doing some other things, and I thought that was kind of my stamp on the industry, and it threw me back in uh, more violently than ever. So, I uh, I jumped back in, and, and again, the first book I wrote was eight years ago. So, this is uh, eight years in the making, and this second book, and it definitely, as it says in the title, kind of takes things to the next level. So, a lot more experienced, um, well-versed door-to-door reps seem to appreciate the second book a lot better even than the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt for sure. So yeah, I mean, it's got to be a ton of work writing a book like that. I mean, I've thought about writing a book, but I'm like, man, it seems like so much work. So were you always, at what point did you decide to that you needed to write even a second book?
1: So I, you know, I was an English minor in college, so I figured I'd put that to good use. Maybe I don't know, but uh, didn't really have uh, you know a desire to write a book necessarily. But boy, I just had so much experience and so many things, and it kind of another motivation for me was when I first got into door-to-door sales, like late '90s, right? Forever ago, I'm a dinosaur. But when I got into these uh, into this industry. I mean, literally, the company I worked for handed me a, a training manual that was you know ten fifteen pages long, and I was like that that's it and and I felt so unequipped to go out and knock any doors and so i I just felt with that as my background and then also what I heard and what we still hear in the industry, unfortunately is kind of the lie, cheat and steal your way to the top. Like I just, I didn't love that at all. And, and I, I'm just so anti that that I thought, you know what, if I just put out what I did and just put it right there on paper and, and let people know that, Hey, you can sleep really good at night knowing you've, you've done door to door the right way. That was kind of my, my motivation for writing the books.
0: Yeah. I love that. And for those that haven't, haven't checked out Lenny as much, um, I mean, we'll post his bio and everything in the show notes, but he's sold, you know, thousands and thousands of pest control accounts. Um, been one of the top reps of all time. What's your record? Like 1300 pest accounts or is it more than yeah, that? About
1: 1200, something like 1,200. that in the summer. Yeah. Okay. So primarily pest, but I've now I, I run a consulting D2D millionaire or, or kind of our consulting arm. And I'll tell you, I, I've consulted for just about anything and everything you can imagine, uh, to, to knock on somebody's door and sell. So it's, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of similarities within industries. There's some nuances that, that are a little unique, uh, solar being one of them, you know, there, there's some uniqueness with solar, but, uh, but yeah, I've obviously been around the block a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Huge. And I came from pest control. Um, <laughs> I wish i had quit it on better in pest control because I was, I was one of the guys that, uh, kind of sucked at pest control I wish I would have had you training me I only did like I don't know 150 accounts in pest control so luckily it's gone a lot better in solar for me but one of the things I love about pest is um, if you can come from pest I feel like you can be successful in pretty much any door-to-door thing because solar it's um, I mean we're just setting up appointments typically when we're out knocking doors so I was used to getting full signed pest contracts out there so I'm like, man, all I have to do is set up an appointment. This is easy. I don't have to have them sign anything today. I don't have to collect payment information. Sweet. So I just went out there and, you know, um, booked a ton of appointments, getting them to actually sit down and sign up Sign up for solar. That was kind of a different skill. But uh, for you, Lenny, and all your consulting that you've done now with like solar, what are, um, I don't know, maybe some similarities, some differences that you notice, things that apply across the board? What are some things you've noticed if you've consulted different solar companies?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think the first thing is the the concepts that, you know, I teach in my, my books are, you know, for the most part, universal, right? Like there's nothing about body language or metaverbal, nonverbals. There's nothing that is out there that isn't applicable, not even just in door to door, but just in regular life experience, right? Like there, there's just things that that you can do and the ways you can frame your questioning and your, your, uh, your, que- not just your questioning, but your value building and how you build up the service that you're selling. It's really universal in, in any kind of communication setting. And I, I think with my, my solar, uh, my solar consulting that I've done for reps and for companies, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's kind of more of the same, honestly, that, you know, I don't try to stray too far from the principles that I teach in any industry. In fact, I consulted for a company years ago um, that actually is valued right now at over a billion dollars. It's a uh, no credit check finance company, and I consulted for them and wrote all their training uh, materials and manuals, and and kind of got on board early. I think I was one of the first six people in the room at that company, Perfect. and uh, yeah, they started from from you know just an idea. Back in 2000, it was just right after I wrote my books, my first book. So it must have been like 2012, 2013, I kind of jumped on board. Hmm. And uh, for about a year and a half, I kind of put all their their processes together. And it was very similar, even though it was B2B. It wasn't even door to door. It was business to oh. business. And again, this company is an absolute rocket ship. And now they're they're valued at over a billion dollars. They sold like a third of their company for 330 some odd million uh, back in 2019. And, and it's just fun to see to help companies to get to that point, regardless if they're solar, their pests, their finance. It, it's a lot of the concepts and principles are very similar.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I know you've, uh, you know, done it all. You've sold pests, you've started your own companies. Um, do you still have your, your pest company, or are you just doing primarily the consulting now?
1: No, I've got my own pest company still, uh, Rove Pest Control. Uh, we've built that in some areas. We've sold it, we've started again, we've built, we've sold. We're kind of back in growth mode right now. We're in five states, have about six offices uh in those states. And so we're yeah, we're we're back, you know, running, which I think it gives me a unique uh, you know, as far as my consulting goes, that there's some uniqueness with that because When I consult for people, I'm running a business day to day. I'm not just, you know, saying, Hey, this is, this worked, you know, 10 years ago, or this worked whenever, like I'm, I'm literally running a business day to day right now, knocking doors with sales reps, going out in the field, like nothing, nothing's too big for me, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I love, yeah, (laughs) I think it's so much more powerful being trained from that perspective being like, no guys, I was literally out last weekend and this thing works for me. It's yes, like, I'm not just saying this based ten years ago. Um, so I think mean, it's super powerful on something I try to do in my podcast to share what's currently working as I go out on the doors myself and close deals. Um, but that being said, I mean you've been in this forever since 1998, right? It's when yep. you first started. So yeah. I didn't even know door to door existed then. I was like five years old at that point.
1: <laughs> so, but there weren't cell phones either. Crazy enough, like the technology yeah. nowadays is probably what what's the most different of anything in the in the industry to me. Like talking to people is kind of talking to people, and you kind of have your your skill set for you know communicating with people that hasn't changed as much as just the technology. I mean, yeah. it's just awesome. I mean, I literally remember you know logging my area on the back of a flyer. You know wow. I'd write the addresses of the homes and check it if I sold them or exit out if I you know didn't sell them they told me no or if I had a call back i'd I'd put their number and I literally was handwriting everything. It wasn't until i think my third year selling door to door that I even had a cell phone and it wasn't wow. a smartphone obviously it was just a yeah. a regular dial up cell phone so yeah i I think yeah. technology has made the door to door industry even a little bit uh a little bit it facilitates even more sales i mean that's why you see these guys nowadays just killing it and i think a lot of it has to do with well there's more material out there to, to be trained on but then secondly is i think technology is just a huge piece in helping people to to maximize their their daily schedules
0: yeah no doubt i mean it's crazy all the different tools and softwares we have like you know the rep cards the sales rabbit all these different types of things the scooter you probably didn't have the segues and all that back when you first started right <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just had sneakers. That was it. Yeah, uh, that was my A to B. So,
0: Land graffitis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, I started in 2012, and even then, um, they were just starting to come out with a few things, but they handed us, you know, our chunk of chalk, and we were out there just chalking the neighborhood, yeah. um, drawing X's on big X's in front of the houses that said no and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it has changed a ton and that definitely made it easier, I think. Um, but yeah, so Lenny, I want to jump into kind of maybe a few specific things. I'm sure a lot of guys will go read your book, but, um, I want to share, maybe jump into a few things that I thought were super cool in your book that I learned. And then maybe you can like elaborate on a few of them and tell your experiences and kind of how you even thought of these things. Um, so so I'm just going through a few of, you know, the sections of your book and, um, one of the things in the first part, you talked about like earning time and just being more time efficient, basically on the doors. And something that I had never really thought of um, was this the whole three door rule where you're, you know, only if you don't talk to someone in three doors, you go, you, you know, you look for someone that's for sure going to be there the next time. So uh, that was really cool and something i had been like, you know, talking about, training about because I had never really specifically thought of that. How, how did you come up with that for your guys? Was that just like based on your experience? You thought, oh, I'm going to for sure get someone on the fourth door. How did you come up with these time efficiency things?
1: Yeah, so I I think that door-to-door sales to me is insanely boring if I don't have somebody standing in front of me and you don't make any money right? Like the only way you make money in door to door sales is you're actually talking to a homeowner. And mm-hmm. so when I was out knocking doors early in my career, and I just knock on door after door, and nobody was home, or I was just not getting a good response. Like to me, it's like, I I just, it was, like I said, just insanely boring for me. And I just, I, I've always got to be doing something. I'm just kind of one of those guys that's always got to be busy. And And I just, I just hated that. So I just kind of decided, okay, if I knock three doors, and nobody answers, then I don't care if I have to walk a block or two blocks, I'm going to see kids playing out in the yard or a garage door open or somebody out doing yard work. I, just, I got to just talk to a human being because nice. I can only have conversations in my head for so long to where I just bore myself. So that, that's kind of what it grew from. My three door rule is just, you know what, just go out and talk to people. Because like, again, really, you're only being effective. You're only making money. You're only having fun with this job if you're actually talking to another human being.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge. <clears throat> and yeah, how many how many people waste so much time just going door after door? And I think even with new reps, how, you've probably seen this too, Lenny, but you get these new reps that are still like scared to go knock a door. And some of these guys, I can't believe it. They're like crossing their fingers sometimes that people don't answer the door. It's like, they feel like they're out working, but they're like, oh yeah, I'm just not having sex. I didn't talk to anyone, but I was still working.
1: Yeah, flyer guy, right? Like, yeah. hey, if I can throw a bunch of flyers, then I'll feel like I'm I'm being productive. So, probably <laughs> yeah. the wrong, probably the wrong industry <laughs> to be in. So, I
0: know. like, come on, guys. But yeah, so that's something that's been helping. Um, and just kind of like more specific for our guys, because I always thought of that, but we never had like a set rule in place for our teams. Like, come on, guys, go talk to someone for sure after three doors. And I know you have some other sections, but anything else, um, I guess, as far as like managing time on the doors, anything else that have helped your teams and your guys out a lot for people you've consulted?
1: Yeah, for me, a lot of it too is is a big thing I preach on is what are you thinking about in between the doors, right? Like, where where does your mind go? I think the best reps that I've been around are the reps that in between the doors, they're looking for ways to improve. They're actually having those conversations with themselves about what happened on that last door? What could I have done better? You know, could, could I have, maybe if I asked this question or man, I totally blew it when I asked that question, I asked that yes, no question. That was horrible. Um, I gotta, you know, I gotta eliminate that. And so I think what's going on in your headspace in between doors is such a crucial skill because nowadays with our, our cell phones, right, which I didn't have to bother me, uh, that ding and beep and buzz and do all these things. And you can have so many notifications from, Whatever social media platform you use or emails, text messages, you can just get bothered so much out knocking doors. It's how do you stay focused, going door to door? How do you keep your head in the game? Because all of us know that's that have done this before, like door-to-door sales is 90% mental, right? Like 10%, yeah, you're out, you know, knocking doors or you're out in the heat. I I get that. That can be hard, that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. But the the reality of it is the hardest thing is is just having in your in your head space, you know, making sure your your head's in the game, heads right. Yeah. I got a guy mowing mowing the lawn out here. Apologize. I think he, <laughs> I think he's going the other way though. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. He, he might be coming towards us.
0: Might have to run from the lawnmower.
1: Yeah. You this this is real life. No, he's gonna he's gonna roll right behind me and I think he's gonna be out of here. So maybe we just give him a sec okay all the solarpreneurs can say hi to the lawnmower man
0: yeah yeah it's not bad yeah lenny's lenny's out in the hood as we speak so he might just go hit some doors after this why not
1: yeah. <laughs> why not so actually he's gonna keep mowing on right? so um
0: it's not too good. loud i can't i can't hear it too, too much okay. so it's probably fine no. okay um but yeah and then another another thing i, I was Oh, sorry, oh, sorry we finished I,
1: no, I, I was just going to say just one other thing that I talk about in the book is the importance of it in my sense, we're lawn mowing is cutting lawns. You know, that was another oh, yeah. section of, of, of my book. And I've got a little bit of flack for that, honestly, on like uh, the D2D millionaire YouTube channel and that kind of stuff. Like people yeah. are like, how can you cut across lawns? And I kind of share an experience that I had, you know, a, my only really bad experience cutting lawns, but that that's another thing is just efficiencies in between doors. That's how I save a lot of time. And, and I actually have a, a little equation I put in the book there of, you know, if you're walking across, you know, somebody's driveway and down the sidewalk and up on the porch and, you know, going that routine versus just cutting across the lawn, like how much time you could save in a three or four month period. It's mind boggling uh, just how those seconds add up day to day.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And that's something that I know a lot of pest companies train in that. But when I got in solar, um, I told people, oh, you guys, like none of the guys I worked with cut lawns and i was like wait a second you guys don't like cut across the lawns like no you're gonna make people mad i'm like like come on guys it's gonna save tons of time so especially for solar i don't know i don't know what it is about solar but most solar guys aren't trained on that i guess probably just because we knock less doors than, you know pest control and alarms (laughs) we're used to being we're probably the lazier sales reps and just knocking fewer doors so i think that is a a good thing that our solar guys need to hear just cut across lawns."
1: you know what i do if i if i was selling solar and i was um cutting across lawns i'd make sure when i'm cutting across lawns that what i'm doing is i'm actually looking at the rooftop like i'm kind of doing a little bit of an inspection right yeah and i'm, I'm seeing you know maybe where the sun's hitting the roof um, so i i think and, and then if you approach that home and somebody calls you out on it, like, oh, you were cutting across my lawn. It's really easy to say, you know what, I was just doing a quick uh, inspection of your roof, you know, just kind of looking, uh, you know, at, at the sun angle or the, the roof angles and, and seeing if a, a, a solar panels would be really good for, for your roof or something along those lines to where, again, I mean, with the pest, right, you're looking at the lawn and the grass and the ground and you're trying to observe bugs. Well, I think the same concept could apply in solar and and it might help your pitch to somebody if you actually have some data on, yeah, as I was kind of coming across your yard, I kind of noticed up here, this, that, or the other. Um, I I think it it could be used to your advantage during kind of that initial conversation.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, something we do is look at their electric panels. So that's almost the same concept because electric panels, you can tell if someone has a red sticker on their panel, that means they have solar. And um, a lot of times, you know, you're not necessarily trying to knock uh, most of the homes that do have solar. Um, So, yeah, same concept. But I think anytime you can save some time and then point out that we have a tool we use, too, that I've been talking about in the podcast. It's an app. So it's a Sun Seeker app. So you can show them basically the angles where the sun is hitting their roof. So, yeah, I like that strategy. You're cutting across the lawn. Yeah, if you do have someone approach you it's pull up the sun seeker app and say, Hey, no, I was just looking at your roof. Here's actually how the angles are hitting it. Have you heard what's going on in the neighborhood? Did Kathy across the street tell you? Um, so yeah, I love that part of your book and i um, saving time. And another thing that I thought was really good that you, uh, mentioned, I think in a later chapter, just like on training your reps is you have them send you like recordings. I know you're talking a little bit about that, just kind of analyzing door after door. So I knew you talk about having your reps send recordings of their interactions. And um, that's been one of the number one ways you mentioned to uh, help your reps. So do you have like with companies you're consulting, do you have, um, is that something you like have them do have all the new reps do is send recordings? Or is it like guys are struggling? You say, okay, you got a donut this, you bagel this day, you need to send a recording or what's your uh, philosophy with that? So
1: I, I think this is one of the most key points of how you, if, you know, as a manager or as an owner of a company who can influence the most amount of reps in the, in, you know, the most efficient way possible, right? When we talk about saving time, it can even be off the doors. And, and so for me, when I started requiring that of my sales reps to where you have to send me so much audio per day, per week, whatever. I mean, I'll give you an example. So I was in Boston last week. Uh, with my office got mm-hmm. i don't know a dozen or so reps there and in the matter of probably six seven hours while they were on the doors i reviewed over 40 audio recordings from that group of reps and i've had reps that since i've kind of tweaked a few things that they were doing that you can only hear on the doors you cannot hear in a role play right you could mm-hmm. only hear some things on the doors yeah. once i heard them we've had these reps that were struggling to sell you know daily they have sold every day since I was out there last week. And not that wow. I credit it all to myself, but realistically, like you can do your reps a lot of favors by going on the doors with them. That's, that's a good thing. But I think even a more efficient, depending on how many reps you have too, the better approach would be how many of these reps can I influence today? And, and that could be done in higher volumes by actually requiring them to send you audio or video of them actually interacting with real, real people on the doors.
0: Hmm. yeah that's money so when you're training new reps is it like a set schedule where you say okay you're new you have to send x amount of recordings or just kind of like based on the week or do you have anything specific set up in your company where it's um
1: they have to send a certain number or how does that work so yeah when they're when they're new out um you know they have to send their manager at least weekly. And we try to get the manager that's there with them day to day to knock with them. Yeah. Um, then kind of more of the upper level training would be, you know, you've gone a couple of weeks, your manager's kind of critiqued you that he's kind of given you everything that he could give you as far as advice and, and ways to improve. Well then if we need some higher, you know, higher guns to step in or just a different point of view, then we'll ask the manager to go ahead and send either me, or some of my sales department heads just some more experienced reps then they'll be required to send audio to them just to make sure again to me how one person sales can be very different than how another person sales so how a manager what what that manager hears versus what i may hear could be different and i might connect or my manager might connect differently than a, than another rep so i think you know it, it's kind of that concept of you know you you just surround people with goodness and greatness and then it's going to rub off on them, uh, eventually in one, in one regard or another.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Something that our um, I mean, companies I've been been with, um, struggle to kind of figure out is just like the schedule of how much should you have a new rep shadow? Like if they're uh, struggling, what do you do with them? Do you just say, try something else? So for you, and as you've had your pest company, like, what does it look like for a new rep that's coming on first year? They don't have much experience. Do you have them shadow like X amount of times or how do you like onboard these new reps um, to have success? And then I guess, what have you seen other successful solar companies that maybe you've consulted do that's been working?
1: So what we do is we actually have, I've developed an online training program. um, And my online training program is probably 40 plus hours of training. Whoa. Um, okay. plus I have 3 preseason events that, that we do training as well, that are probably another 12 hours. Wow. And so before anybody's knocked a door, they've gotten, uh, at least they have the opportunity to, a lot of it is up to them, right? The in-person stuff is, is pretty much a given. Everybody attends that. Yeah. Um, the online stuff is kind of at their pacing. Um, but yeah, you could have up to 50 hours of just, you know, training before you knock a door. And I, I've written a training manual for my own company. That's, you know, another. 170 pages long or something crazy. It's like book three. Um, so again, I, I wanted my experience with my reps to be very different than what I had as a rep when I first started, you know, back in the day in the late nineties, like I just want it to be totally different. So we have 50 plus hours, you know, that, that a rep could get in preseason training then, when they get out there, really, I'm, I'm kind of more of the mindset that, yeah, shadowing is good. And, you know, a manager should get out with his reps that, that, that first couple days, first three days, at least one time, and probably weekly their first month on the doors. Uh, yeah. Second month, probably at, at least every other week, unless a rep's struggling, then you go back to weekly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again for me we just we got to put the time into each rep because every rep learns differently and trains differently so they might do a little bit of shadowing but for the most part all the preseason training has like videos and audio and it's basically like they've been on the doors even without knocking a door
0: Mm, gotcha and then say they're coming to shadow they're still struggling um what do you have do you have a system in place where it's like okay this isn't working for you um like come shadow you shadowed you know X amount of times it's not working. What do you do with reps that are struggling and just you know aren't getting it?
1: So I you know I I think of one experience I had a few years ago with a rep who. In, in all honesty, probably shouldn't have, probably most companies wouldn't have hired him. Uh, we hired him because he had a friend of a friend, right? He's kind of one of those guys. Yeah. And I actually personally wrote a script out for him that he could just memorize because he just wasn't getting the concepts of like the initial approach and how to qualify people, those things I write about. So he just he wasn't understanding it. So I literally just wrote him a script to fit his personality and, and who he was and, and what his strengths and weaknesses are. And that script worked, you know, he stuck it out the whole summer, he didn't kill it by any means, but he made money more than he would have made, you know, working fast food, uh, yeah. at, you know, during the summer. So <laughs> sometimes it it just takes that customization too, and, and not that it's easy. And especially for, you know, companies that hire hundreds and 1000s of reps, it's probably an impossibility. But if your companies on the relatively smaller size, like my company, we don't hire more than I mean, we'll be in the range of probably 40 to 80 hires a summer, like that's all like, Door-to-door is an important part of our company, but it's certainly not the only way we grow. Yeah. So the reason we've kept it at that number, one of the reasons is it's just it's easier to manage and make sure every rep has a good experience. So I know a lot of solar companies are in that ballpark probably. They're not hiring, you know, hundreds of reps, it's tens of reps like I am. And so I think you have a chance to connect and and train specifically to, to each rep. So yeah, I love that yeah it's cool, um,
0: yeah I ask you these questions just because, um I mean, this benefits me. This is a lot of stuff sure. you know we're going through currently, so that's one of my favorite parts of doing the podcast. So I'm like, man, what are we struggling with with our reps right now? I'm gonna ask a you know an expert about it, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I love it. And that's, you know, that's the thing. That's what I love about this industry right now is for the most part, not like 100%, but for the most part, most companies and most people are, are pretty open and want to help each other. Like yeah. we want to preserve the industry and give it a good name. And now there's people that are just proud that they knock doors, right? When before, when I started, it was kind of like this, uh, I knock doors. I know it's kind of greasy and grimy. And I just, I'm kind of a loser because I, I just knock doors, but now yeah. it's like there's this pride like that I've seen in the last two decades take over. Now it's like, yeah, I knock doors. Like I'm proud of that. And and I yeah. think if the more that sharing that's done and the more integrity in the industry, I, I think just the better. I mean, for me, if whether it's my kids or grandkids or whatever, like I'd love for them to be able to knock doors. I think door knocking is like a microcosm of life. And and there's so many lessons to be learned that help. Uh, reps beyond when they 're knocking doors i 'm more about building the individual than just making sure they have a you know a successful summer where they made money, but they had a light sheet and still to do it i 'd much rather just develop somebody to make them a better human being so that they can go off in life when they 're done knocking doors. heaven forbid they knock doors as long as I have like, like i don 't wish that on anybody but <laughs> yes. um, but you know if they go on and they become an attorney or they become a business owner themselves or they become you know, uh, uh, you know, they work at a business in the, in the sales department, whatever it is, like, I just want them to be awesome. I'm going to give you one quick experience too, before the next yeah. question, if that's okay. So, yeah, yeah. um, a couple Sundays ago, uh, I was just at my church and somebody who had knocked doors for me happened to be visiting his family who was there. And he comes up to me and he, you know, you know, give a hug. Like he worked for me for a couple summers. I love the kid. And he's like, listen, he's working at a software company, um, right now. And he's in the sales department at the software company. And he's like, listen, I just got to tell you, he's like, man, I'm going to make six figures this year in software sales. And he's like, I owe it all to you. Like I credit you for teaching me the right way to do it. Cause I'm doing everything you taught me in software sales and I'm absolutely killing it. And I tell you, I mean, it's like I gotta hold back the tears a little bit. I'm like, I'm just so proud. He's like, it's like another son of mine. Yeah. You know? I'm just so proud of him, and and yeah. that to me, what is what it's all about. Like I couldn't care less if somebody works for me, and it's one one and done, right? Like to me, I'm gonna put as much effort and energy into that one person that's one year as I am somebody that's been with me for eight years. You know, I just I want to develop individuals and people because <clears throat> beyond the doors, there's just so much more that you can learn and take from the door-to-door experience. Uh, just into your life for personal growth and and just betterment of of you as a human being.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, you got to feel good about that. Um, yeah, I mean it's happened too. That's one of the only reasons I've kept this podcast going is just from guys saying, "Hey, this this helped me a lot. I love your podcasts because I've you know it's hard work to keep content like that going. I'm sure with your books too. would like if you if you hadn't had so many people buy your first book, do you think you would have written a second?
1: Um. Boy, that's, that's a, nobody's ever asked me that question, Taylor. That's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if my motivation, let me think about that for a second. I don't know if my motivation to write my second book book was based on the success of my first book. I, <laughs> I think I felt like I, I left a lot out and i you know, I'd get a lot of feedback from people that have said, man, you should have, I want you to write more inspirational stuff. Like I didn't, I, I get all the tactical things. I didn't, I didn't feel inspired or, you know how do you deal with competition since door-to-door is still popular now it's like I have a whole chapter devoted to competition how do you get better or how do you make yourself better than the competition how do you beat your competitors so to speak yeah. um so I just felt like there was a lot left to be written and honestly what did it for me was was COVID like, like I was kind of homebound and I was <laughs> yeah. stuck and I'm like oh I need to fill my time with something I'm going insane so that's really when I started writing that book the second book was just kind of when I was kind of quarantined i guess at home with my family so
0: (laughs) nice well we're glad for covid that you know sped up the process hopefully (laughs) it did
1: i had the outline written for a while but i yeah yeah, i I didn't have any goal as far as when to actually put it out there and i was just like dude i can i can crank this now because i got a lot more time at home than i used to so yeah
0: that's awesome but no, I love what you're saying just about, you know, how all the people that are sharing way more abundantly, because I mean, as you probably know, when it first door-to-door even, you know, five, 10 years ago, there was nowhere near this amount of like information. You only learn from your managers. Now you got, you know, podcasts, you got books like yours, you got, you know, Sam Tagger doing a lot of stuff, all these guys sharing their content. So it makes it so much easier to just learn and, you know, have kind of more pride in the industry um I mean I was buying shoes just I think it was two weeks ago and I was with my wife and she was like saying she's like she's like telling the shoe salesman hey he just needs some good shoes for knocking doors for going out indoors and when she said that I'm like I'm like come on Dave he's not gonna know what that is like don't embarrass me (laughs) but then but then he was like oh that's cool knocking doors yeah I got some perfect shoes for that (laughs) <laughs> i'm like i'm like all right i don't need to be embarrassed about knocking doors and take more pride in it so right um, it's it's true all this content it's, you know helping us give ourselves a good name yeah. i think and um definitely more positivity um so lenny the last kind of section the last thing you just mentioned is just the competition and um for our solarpreneurs our solar guys that listen to this i think that is a huge thing in the solar industry because as you've probably seen um there's been tons and tons of alarm guys pest control guys a lot of them are switching to solar we have huge commissions so it's a great industry um but that especially i'm in san diego which is probably the most competitive solar markets uh, definitely one of the most so it's something we struggle with here a ton is just like oh you're the fifth guy Um, to the point where it's like if we mention solar at a doorstep we're getting the door shut instantly so we've had to kind of you know change the way we approach things Um, so for you like as you've consulted solar companies and I know it applies in pest control as well what are some strategies what are some things you do when you are getting um, more competitive areas when you're getting oh you're the fifth guy at my door can you talk about some of those strategies
1: you've helped your guys with? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I, I think the first thing is you just you call it what it is, right? Like don't wait for the person to say you're the fifth company to come on my door today or this week or this month or whatever. Like just call it what it is. Like somebody answers the door and it's you know, it's hey there, just the solar guy. I know you've been hit up by you know 20 other companies in the last few weeks or whatever. Like don't don't wait. And this this is a principle that I teach in, in a technique that I think is important is you don't wait for a concern for the customer to actually say the concern you you bring it up first right if you can address yeah. the concern first it just adds to your credibility and i think your the respect factor goes up for you as a as a door-to-door sales rep if you can already bring that to their attention so we talk about name dropping right everybody knows my name dropping principle from from the first book so if you name drop and if you can actually address their concern for them before they bring it up like that's huge because you know if i'm if i'm the person answering my door and I open my door and I see solar, then I, I'm already looking for the reason why I'm, I'm going to turn that person down. And, and if it's somebody just had already come out or I already have you know, solar panels, which obviously you can see, unlike pest control, which I love about the solar industry, is you can see if somebody's already a customer. You don't have to yeah. find that out by having them tell you that. Yeah. So if it's you know, you're the 20th guy to come knocking on my door, just call that like you see it, like right out the gate. And don't wait for that to come up. And then, depending on your company and how your company differentiates from the others, that's how you start to you know, to build your case for your company versus the companies that have come by and that have already approached them and have knocked on their door and talked to them about solar before. What, what is different about you and your company versus, versus the other 20 people And consider this, like, I just think an overarching principle for door to door sales is if I go to a door, and it's, you know, in a 20 year old neighborhood, and I know for 20 years, sales reps have been knocking on that door five to 10 a year. So we're talking hundreds of sales reps. And I, I kind of envision like the, the carcasses of the dead door to door sales reps that have been, you know, just shunned off the doorstep, just laying there you know, beside the door. And I'm like, how can I be different? How can I bring a different energy, a different approach that these other 100 to 200 have been turned away for? How can I connect with this person and actually make it a better opportunity for them for what I'm selling versus what everybody else has in the past? And I will tell you this, strangely enough, and some people are surprised to hear this, when I knock doors, my goal isn't to sell everybody I talk to. My goal is to get people further along in the sale than I think anybody else has that has knocked on that door. So I don't care if I end up with a sale. What I like is even when I hear the, oh, you almost got me on this. I was so close. Like I've, I've said no to everybody, but I almost said yes to you. Like that to me is a win. I'm like, cause I know nobody else would have got you that far. That means that I actually succeeded on that door. So sometimes you take those little victories when you know you connected with somebody on a different level than the other hundreds of reps that, that, uh, that have not like, that's when you know you're actually improving and getting better at doing this.
0: Yeah. I love that. reminds me of the guy in the Bible. Was it King Agrippa or something? He's yep. like, oh, you almost converted me to Christianity.
1: Yep, <laughs> You almost converted me to solar. Not yeah. quite. We'll get there. But yeah. you almost got me.
0: Yeah. But, And that's huge. And yeah, I mean, you talk about some of the strategies in your book. And also just like, what I love too, is you talk about, you know, the demographics, um, just some different strategies you can utilize to, um, you know, talk to different types of people. That's something that's helped us out in solar with our teams a lot. Is just identifying the demographics you're good with. And then, um, like, for example, we have quite a few Mexican guys on our team, they'll go hit up the Mexican neighborhoods and it's like, there's celebrities out there. They're speaking the language. They're having success right. with that. And then you talk about just like the ways you would sell the different, uh, demographic demographics of people, um, depending on who they are, you're going to treat them different white collar versus, um, yeah. What was it? collar? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So things like that. And how do you, and, um, I mean, pest control, how do you, can you talk about that a little bit with, your strategies, demographics. Another thing we recognize in solar is like new move-ins, older homes that we're going to target differently and use that data to our advantage. So how are you um, having your guys kind of utilize that different customer data and um, how have you seen it in maybe solar companies you've consulted too? So
1: yeah, in the book, I I break down uh, three demographics that I think would encompass any person you're going to talk to, not saying they're the only demographics. We can kind of make those a little bit more granular if you, if you really want to dial it down for specific industry. But mm-hmm. we talk about in the second book, I talk about, you know, blue collar, white collar, like you said, somebody who, you know, goes into the office every day, wears a white collar is kind of more of a business person versus maybe the person that is, you know, uh, works blue collar, maybe they clean houses like my mom did. When I was growing up, my dad's a policeman. Um, you know, he's, he was more blue collar. Maybe that's what it is. Um, there's different ways to approach those type of people based on their the economics and, and, you know, how they live and, and those types of things. We talk about older people versus younger people. And I kind of break down the different uh, generations, you know, and now we get millennials that are owning homes or buying more homes than and uh, you know, boomers and and you know, Generation X and in my generation and, and and those types of things. So, um, I kind of break that down a little bit about how to approach those type of people. Because somebody who is a first time home or home buyer, uh, you're going to treat them very differently than somebody who's been in their house for 20, 30 years or who has, has owned multiple homes, right? Um, and then we talk about males versus females, which I think is a fun one too, because there's just different ways to approach men than there are women. Um, and, and I think it's, it, it, you know, even just in the questioning, uh, the things that you ask, the assumptions that you make, you can take people a lot farther, male and female, just based on doing it, uh, you know, doing the questions or asking the questions just a little bit differently. And so that's, that's kind of a fun one for me too, that chapter that, that kind of goes into those, those demographic breakdowns. But I, you know, and I think for solar, like I said, you know, for me, sometimes you, you could go more. I would think that the blue collar white collar one would probably be the most applicable that at least I've taught in, in consulting with solar companies of how, how to approach those people when you're talking about a large ticket item, um, like a solar system.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great stuff. And then with, you know, the older folks, something we utilize in or that I've learned from a lot of successful guys is just going on with the time management. If you notice people are, you know, older Guess guess what? They're probably gonna be home in the afternoon. So you're seeing the handicap stickers, stuff like that. Go to those homes in the afternoon. Cause um, John and Julie that are, you know, in their 30s working class, they're probably not gonna be home um in the afternoons. So that's something we've been um teaching our teams and our listeners to is just utilizing that all the different information. It's super nice. Now I'm going along with the technology. I mean, you can go on these Zillow apps, you can see. The new homes, um, you know, you have like the sales rabbit, and the knocking apps, they're showing you most of these demographics, how, what, what their uh, estimated income level is, um, how many people are probably in the household, things like that. So I think <clears throat> that's another huge advantage we have compared to probably when both of us started is makes it so much more easier. If you can approach a house, be like, oh, you guys have what, seven people in the house? Um, yeah. And you know, all this data. And it just creates so much more trust. A lot of times you have a name, you have their income, you have all this different information you can utilize. Yeah. And I think, you know, I
1: I think in ways uh, that COVID has kind of changed the world a little bit too, is it, you know, the different strategy of knocking afternoons versus evenings. I talk a little bit about that in the book. That's, that's changed, right? I mean, COVID actually changed that for us to where more and more people are working from home and they can live whenever, wherever they want and work however they want to work. And so I don't think, you know, back in the day, and I share this experience in the book about the company that I worked for that just let experienced reps just work prime time, you know, after five, one year, and it just, it was a complete disaster. And um, nowadays, I mean, we're seeing sales numbers before five o'clock being better than they've ever been. And a lot of that is just due to, I think reps are getting smarter and if they follow the three-door rule, like we talked about and those types of things. But I just think there's more opportunities in the day now because people are working from home and have a little bit more flexibility in their schedule. So it's not just the older the the older folks that, that you necessarily need to, to target, even though that's a great demographic to tar- target during the day because mm-hmm. they're home most of the day. But I, I even think just that. You know, you're going to run into more just, you know, nine to five type people to, who now work from home and have a different schedule than they used to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, I mean, with your company, how did you guys uh, change your strategy? What was it like knocking pest control with COVID last year? Did it affect yeah. your guys a ton or?
1: Oh, yeah. It was a challenge. I mean, here here's the interesting thing. So we got a late start because, um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we sent a few guys out to different markets. And some markets, honestly, we didn't knock any doors because, you know, their governors or whatever, you know, it was kind of put in the state's hands on what to do. And so some of our markets that, you know, the governors were just a little bit more um, leery to have people out and about, uh, you know, maybe, maybe more, uh, more blue states, you know, we won't get into the politics, but um, so we, we couldn't knock in those offices. So, so we had to put people where we could knock. And then when we did knock again, we started probably a month later than we were used to, but our numbers, like our averages were off just off the charts crazy last year. Um, we lost a lot of reps though, because a lot of reps, you know, it's it's a pandemic. My parents don't want me knocking, you know, this, that, and the other. So we did lose a lot of reps. We didn't have a ton of reps uh, like we would have liked, but the reps that stuck around and actually did it, we, we got them in the right state to knock. It was an awesome summer. Um, it was just shortened. And, and like I said, it was just, it was different, but, but we made it through it you know just like everybody else that's still out knocking this year like we did it and that's that's yeah. an accomplishment but it was it was definitely different yeah
0: no doubt yeah locally things are getting a lot better but that's what i noticed i mean with solar um some guys let them affect it more than others but even in california which obviously is one of the um you know most strict states for COVID and everything even here it's like most areas after a couple months people really just kind of like sick of being stuck inside so you know I noticed that guys that actually came to the door it's like they're like oh cool if there's actually people that exist yeah I'll talk to you so it's like <laughs> almost like they're nicer yeah um, and, and you know some people freaked out but um I was surprised with even in a state like California it was you know, after a few months, most people just got kind of over it and sick of it. Yep, so, I agree. Big thing.
1: Agree.
0: Yep. Well, Lenny, um, last thing I wanted to ask you just before we wrap up here is um, you've, you know, been in this forever. Um, I'm sure experienced some huge highs and some lows. So what's been like your big, uh, I don't know, toughest thing you've had to go through, maybe your biggest failure or something? Like what have you learned from that to kind of keep you going and all this? Um, I don't, I think you're probably, Out of all the guys I've had on the show, you've probably been in this, uh, you know, door-to-door for the longest out of anyone I've had, so you've gone through a lot. So can you tell our listeners what's, uh, I don't know, that biggest low that you experienced and how you got through it, what you learned from
1: it? Yeah, no, I love that question. So uh, for me, it was probably my third year knocking. Uh, I was knocking in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and I had, I mean, that was my best summer, you know, at the time, it was I think I sold about 700 accounts that that summer in Jacksonville. I actually, got kicked out of the Jacksonville office. Had to go up to Macon, Georgia, for a month because we sold too many accounts. Me and the other guy that, that were selling in <laughs> Jacksonville it was kind of funny. Um, anyway, so uh, so we were selling there, and I had that summer I had four zeros. So and here's you know for somebody that's averaging seven plus a day to get a zero, you know it's hard to do actually. Um, yeah. But I had four of them. And at that point, when I started getting these zeros, I kind of told myself and, and I think I write about this maybe in my first book a little bit but I kind of told myself that, you know what? when I wake up every morning, I have the same number of sales as everybody else, and that's zero. And so I can let that negative momentum of yesterday uh, carry over with me today, or I can just start fresh, and I can pretend that every day or I mean, that's the reality, I don't need to pretend but every day I start out with the same number of sales as everybody else. And I'm, contr- I'm in control of my own destiny every single day. And, and so for me, it was just that perspective of going, okay, can I have bad days? Can I have bad doors? Can I have bad hours or two hours? You know, Can I have a bad week? Sure. you know, But at the end of the day, I have a new opportunity at every door and every day to start fresh, to start over again and I don't have to carry any negative baggage with me. I think, in fact, in the second book, I hit on that a little bit too, is just the, the difference between carrying negative momentum and positive momentum. Because the funny thing to me is I'd have reps, literally, um, I'd have reps that they're doing. Um, I'd have reps that were doing great. Like they'd have three or four sales, pest sales, you know, before five o'clock. And then they'd say, I'm good. Like I kind of hit my goal for the day. So I'm done. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like you've got this positive momentum going, like, keep it going. Cause I will tell you this, the fourth and fifth sale of a day, they're a lot easier than the first sale of every day. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the hardest sale to me. So if you're, you know, negative momentum can carry over if you let it, but the other side of that coin is the positive momentum. Like if you're selling, if you're in a groove and it's kind of like, you know, can you imagine a basketball player in a, in a game if they're just on fire and they're just lighting it up you know three quarters into the game they've got 35 points and they're hitting threes and they're finishing and they're you know hitting their free throws and then they're like all right coach I'm good like I'll just play the next game like I, I don't need to play the fourth quarter I'm good like that that's ridiculous I mean, right wait. nobody would ever yeah. do that um, yeah. so I think door-to-door sales reps take themselves out of the game when they've actually got some good positive momentum and so that's that's like the worst thing you can do if you're knocking doors even if you're getting people far you're setting a lot of appointments and You just got things going. Like we all kind of get in that zone sometimes knocking doors, like never give up. I mean, I tell the story about my 4th of July, you know, back in, you know, 2000, I sold 23 pest accounts in one day. That was my personal record. And it was, and I had plans, my wife, I was going to take her out to dinner on the beach and (laughs) we were going to do all this. We had reservations and all that went out the window because I had sold 15 by five o'clock. And I was just like, honey, I'm so sorry, (laughs) but I got to keep going. And, And I just went till, you know, till after dark to hit this record. And guess what? We went to dinner the next night. No big deal. Like it was still there. The restaurant didn't go away or, you know, sail out to the ocean, whatever. So, uh, so anyway, I I just think making those little sacrifices when things are going good is so important because you never know, you could have 23 one day in that same year. I had zeros four times. And and again, it it was just, that's, that's the, the nature of sales, right? It's mercurial. It moves around all the time. You never know what you're going to get. The weather's going to be bad one day. It's going to be a little tougher, whatever it is. You just make the most of when it's going good. And when it's going bad, just don't carry that negativity over with you day to day or even door to door.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. And that (laughs) that chapter in the book was super cool. You talked about, you know, the basketball players. Um, And uh, I think that applies more than pest control, probably to solar is because people can go out and sell a single solar deal. They make 10 grand in a single solar deal. So we got you know so many reps that go out. They sell one for the month. They're like, "Oh, I'm good. I just made you know ten grand in a month. I don't need to do anything." Oh, it's like it's like imagine how, how much reps to sell. Yeah, yeah um, don't do it. So yeah, it's a trap that so many guys fall into, especially in the solar industry. Um, so I think that's um, something super powerful you talk about in the book for our listeners. If you can get in that momentum. Don't be satisfied with one, especially if you're out there getting appointments, closing deals, never be satisfied and make it a competition, which I know is another thing you talk about in your books. So Lenny, um, we appreciate all you're doing for the industry. Your books um, changed a lot of lives and yeah, there's going to be more and more people hitting us up, asking what book is that? So we'll (laughs) spread the word as much as we can. Um, So for guys that want to go buy it, I've got it here. People are watching the video. Um, can you tell people where to find out more about you and spy the book
1: and maybe connect with you more? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my books, uh, I've got any kind of version you'd want. I actually narrated the audio versions of both books. Those seem to do better than even the paperback now forever. It was, you know, the paperback out sold everything, but right now it's odd. Everybody's likes audio and I get it. If you're driving from area to area, you can just, you know, pop me on in your car and you'll hear my voice. I recorded them. Um, <clears throat> in some vein, I think the audio book just recording it was, you know, for eight hours or 10 hours, whatever they were, was harder than writing it in, in wow. some uh, respects. It was kind of brutal, but, yeah. um, I just felt like my, my voice and, and the way I hit certain things and talk about certain things, I just thought it was more powerful. So anyway, I got the audio Kindle. Um, you can get the paperback, got a hardcover, uh, all of it can be found on Amazon. That's really my, my main place, uh, where all the books are sold. Uh, my website is another place to connect with me. Um, lennygray.com. I've got a blog that I keep up very regularly, probably, I don't know. 10 plus years of blog content that some of which is not found in my book. So if you want to hit up, I think that's just lennygraycom slash blog. Um, I've got some additional training for purchase for, for people probably more in the management ownership of a business that want to, you know, teach their reps, what to, what to learn in the preseason before um, they actually start, start knocking doors. I've got some videos of my reps and me doing critiques of them on the doors, that kind of stuff's on my, on my website as well. I really, the, I, I mean, I'm on Twitter at, Le, at Lenny Gray. I think Lenny B. Gray, maybe. Somebody got me first, I guess. There's another <laughs> Lenny Gray out there. Um, and then uh, LinkedIn is another one. Probably I'm most active as far as social media goes on on LinkedIn. So those are some of the ways to to connect with
0: me. Awesome. Well, guys, go buy the book. Um, it's helped me a lot. It helps, it helps helped our teams. And um, yeah, hit Lenny up. Let him know you appreciated him coming on, on the show. We definitely appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing what you can do any, uh, any, you got book three in the, in the plans, <laughs> Lenny, or in, any future plans you got more books or anything like that?
1: I think so. I think yeah. so. Actually, somebody asked me that not too long ago and I, I've, I've got some ideas with book three and actually what it'll be just, I'll just kind of throw it out a a T and this is a big tease. Cause like I said, it was eight years between first and second book. <laughs> yeah. And second book just came out this year. So, um, but it's going to be with these companies that I'm consulting for when I'm literally working with billionaires, and how to make a billion dollar company. And so it's not just going to be based on door to door. I don't think you make billion dollar companies just on door to door. There's a lot of other facets of growing a business. Yeah. And I want to yeah. include some of these entrepreneurs and, and business owners that I'm working with that that are running billion dollar companies that that to me would probably be the next book that yeah, might be door to door billionaire is is where we might need mm. to go for book three. But anyway, that that's right. kind of my my thesis for it or kind of my uh my thoughts on it at least initially
0: all right you heard it here first so guys go follow lenny he's doing awesome stuff for all of us knocking doors and changing the world so thanks again for coming on the show lenny and we hope we have lots of guys connecting with you and we'll talk to you soon
1: awesome thanks taylor see you guys
0: Hey, Solar Printers, quick question. What if you could surround yourself with the industry's top performing sales pros, marketers, and CEOs and learn from their experience and wisdom in less than 20 minutes a day? For the last three years, I've been placed in the fortunate position to interview dozens of elite solar professionals and learn exactly what they do behind closed doors to build their solar careers to an all-star level. That's why I want to make a truly special announcement about the new solar learning community exclusively for solar professionals to learn, compete, and win with the top performers in the industry and it's called Soul Society. This learning community was designed from the ground up to level the playing field and give Solar Pros access to proven mentors who want to give back to this community and help you or your team to be held accountable by the industry's brightest minds for, are you ready for it, less than $3.45 a day. Currently, Sol Society is closed to the public and membership is by invitation only, but solarpreneurs can go to SoulCiety.co to learn more and have the option to join a waitlist when a membership becomes available in your area. Again, this is exclusively for solarpreneur listeners, so be sure to go to www.solciety.co to join the waitlist and learn more now. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again in the next episode.